Welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're booksmen. Sure as hell are. Tommy Boy. Yeah. Uh, owner of a new Apple credit card. Yes. You were just telling me about it off mic. I showed it to you even. It's made of metal. Yeah. You thought, oh, I'm going to see this. I'm going to be able to get your number off the card. Guess what? There's no co- there's no number printed on the yeah, card. Yeah. I was going to do that thing where I was going to hold a piece of paper over it and <laughs> then uh, use a pencil. Or and, a crayon. Yeah. And, and get the impression of your of your numbers. No numbers on it. Nope. They, they sent you a defective card. No, it's by design. You have to, I can go into the app and I can give you some numbers. I'm actually trying to figure out a way I can use this to like scam people because you can like. You trying to scam people? (laughs) You can use your phone with this card and you can like lock the card and then unlock the card. So I'm trying to think of a situation where I can be like, oh yeah, here's my card. Pull a prank. No, not a prank. Steal. Grand theft. Oh, on an airplane maybe. Yeah, it would work on a... Oh, yeah, yeah, because they do the pre-auth. Yeah. I don't think they do that anymore. I think it no, just No, because goes... if, if I can access Twitter, yeah, they can they, access... Yeah, they have the, the internet yeah. now. That used to be the case. We had a friend who will remain nameless. Dan Deacon, he said it on this show. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what he would do. He would like... What would he, he would use like a canceled gift card or something? Yeah, uh, he'd like... Or cancel a credit, credit card. card yeah. And they'd scan it and... Uh, Back then, in in on airplanes, mm-hmm. there was no way for them to to immediately verify it. Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, so what they could, could like, do sometimes, drinks. they could go up to the pilot and be like, "Hey, can you call air traffic control? Give them these numbers. <laughs> them have up. them call Visa and uh, verify this purchase." Yeah, but they very rarely did that. In less than fifty percent of the transactions, Man, they would do that. I remember when I worked at a store, and sometimes like the internet would go down, and we'd have to. Uh, process credit cards the old-fashioned way with the the paper where uh, you go yeah. where like it would do what you were saying that feels like you can uh hurt yourself with one of those oh things. you absolutely like could. you would uh Pinch shave a... some uh some skin off a finger yeah, or something yeah i mean you worked in a butcher shop as a kid so you could i yeah it was a similar danger although not the... <laughs> to the to the meat slicer tongue yeah it's the meat slicer <sighs> I mean, I this you had com- you had complete control over. So you just had you had to make sure one hand it was out of the way while the other hand uh, ran. You know, uh, did the imprint of the card. Yeah, man, what soft fucking <laughs> losers we are. We were like, man, you could really hurt yourself running a yeah. credit card. Meanwhile, our grandpas both worked in the mines. They did, and did a version of this show on uh, shortwave radio at the time. Yeah. Mind talk. <laughs> <sighs> you think our grandfather's How, how do you uh, how do you like uh, working in the mines? I don't like it's it. No good. No good at all. <laughs> I got the black lung. <laughs> I'm dying. This job is killing me. Uh, do you think people listen to the show in the mines nowadays? I don't. There's what like 200 miners in America now. It's like a very low number of miners. Yeah. I was listening to another podcast, a rival podcast, which is what all... I asked you not to do that, Tom. All other podcasts are. But this is more of like a geeky podcast. Geekier than us? Geekier than us. And they had an ad for uh, this thing you can... Podcast with ads? Yeah. It was pretty neat, this this ad. Uh, it was for a product... Uh, I mean, I'll say the name of it because I don't... I mean, you're not going to be able to find it with this. It was called Canary. But it's basically like a little box if you're like an IT person uh-huh. and you're in like a company where people are going to try and like break in or whatever digitally, not through, you know, uh, Mission Impossible yeah. ways. Where it's like a little box or it's like a honeypot kind of where it like pretends like, oh, my computer. And then when people try and access it, it tell it rats them out and it tells you about it. Ooh, I'd like to have one of those boxes. <laughs> what did you need that for? What do you mean? This is for like, you know, like Fortune 500 yeah, companies. Yeah, corporate espionage. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you need that? For your home? No, to protect my business. <laughs> you don't know what I have going on, Tom. It's true. This is server farms. 
<laughs> people trying to break in but it like emulates it pretends to be like an smb or ftp server yeah i know <laughs> so tom look i might not need that box now but i'm reading a book and i'm gonna become so effective that i'm going to <laughs> rise to the ranks stand me that i'm gonna be the ceo of a fortune 500 company fortune 100 company wow and, yeah, I'm going to need that fucking box at some point. You better believe it. <laughs> I mean, if you're the CEO of a Fortune 100 company, you got people below. This ad was not appealing to, like, are you the CEO of a Fortune 100 company? Get one of these boxes. Put it in your network. Tom. You got people to do this for you. I got ideas. And I'll delegate some of the stuff, and we'll learn about that a little <laughs> bit today. I got ideas. For example, a box you put on your network, it pretends to be a my, computer. I don't understand what it does, but my idiot friend was telling me about it. He heard it on a nerd podcast. Go yeah. look that up. Yeah. Sally. Sally would be my assistant. Oh, okay. I thought maybe that would be an IT person. But no. But you would only hire men to work in IT, right? Because hmm? of- you would only hire men to work in IT because you'd be like, a, a girl, no one computers. That's nah. not true. Alex Mack knew computers. She was a girl. No, she could just turn into liquid metal. You thought that's she all she could do? No. She had a computer? You're thinking of Penny from Inspector Gadget. No, those were that wasn't even a computer. That was a book with a screen that in it. That thing was awesome. That thing sucked. That Tim, that thing could do anything. She could talk to her fucking dog through that thing. Yeah. You know what? I'm more impressed. Uh, the dog that talks. Who did? He couldn't really talk. You could understand him. He could communicate very <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well. I could understand him. Yeah. Uh, Penny could understand him. Inspector Gadget could not. Yeah, but he was a fucking doofus. Who did the music for Inspector Gadget? Because they had some killer themes in there. Uh, John Williams. No, it wasn't John Williams. Uh, John Lennon. <laughs> it's John Lennon. It was old Beatles, unused Beatles songs. No, it was J- Lennon and McCartney got together to write music for that, specifically for Inspector Gadget. Whenever Penny was looking through that computer book she had, that song that was like... That was a banger. I don't know Inspector Gadget as much as you do. Oh, I love I only know Inspector the Gadget. the Matthew Broderick film. <laughs> My brother had all the McDonald's toy pieces that uh together made the Matthew Broderick like it was pretty big. It was like a twelve inch tall Matthew Broderick. I read this article the other day. You ever look at Apple News? We were talking no. about the Apple car, but you ever look at Apple News? Never. Sometimes I look at Apple News when I'm on the toilet and there's nothing else to look at. There's always something else to look at. Yeah, but like I don't want to put in effort where yeah. it's like I'm almost done. I don't need to open up another thing. Uh, but they had a, an article. It's like one of the, the trending articles. I've had to block a few publications on there because the trending articles are so dumb. But this one was like a like oh uh, Hollywood couples you'll never you never knew were together. This thing yeah there were a few that I was like I didn't know those people were together like but, who? But, but the thing was there were people I like barely knew. It's like oh yeah the the woman from the thing and the guy from the show. Yeah. Oh I didn't know they were together. Okay. Oh uh, yeah Topanga from Boy Meets World and this comedian that I think I knew. <laughs> yeah they're married. But, like, number three was Matthew Broderick and Sarah Jessica Parker. If you don't know they're Who are together. are you out of your mind? You live in a fucking coal mine? Jesus. Of course they're together. They were, And then there were a few. They had in that same list uh, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. They're not together anymore. Yeah. Then it was just like, what is this, just to hurt oh, them you put them on this? They might have reconciled, actually. I think they reconciled as friends. No, I think they might have gotten back together. Well, good for them. Yeah. Hey, we wish them the best. <laughs> I met uh, Danny DeVito introduced me to Rhea Perlman, his wife, a God, few years ago. That's amazing. I'm so it jealous was, of it that. It was the the happiest I've ever been. Do you remember when I went to that, that fancy yeah. party and uh, that I had no business being at and I met like all of my heroes and then I met everybody? Were you out at the bar when I... Uh, I think when so. I met everybody else, like I got back from this party at one a.m. and I was like, "Everybody, go to Enid's right now." I gotta tell you about my <laughs> night. 
Yeah, I think we just went to Enid's because we thought, like, maybe Tim will bring one of these famous people back with him. <laughs> We're talking about famous people. People are like, Tim and Tom think famous people are uh, <laughs> Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. Yeah, those are fucking famous. You know yeah. who they are when we're saying the names. Yeah, yeah. That's my kind of famo right there. Yeah. Yeah. I never when you got met a- Rhea per- When you met Rhea Perlman, did you say, of course, Carla from Cheers? <laughs> I did say I'm a big fan of your work. And then I think I said, as Carla. <laughs> I was very drunk at the time. You were too. lucky you didn't get a snappy response from that. Yeah. yeah, unlucky, maybe. Yeah. Well, anyway, Tom. Uh, if they I... don't hire people like Rhea Perlman to play those parts anymore. They hire, like, you know, people that in real life would be the most attractive person you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, that's... That's the messed up thing about sitcoms. All yeah. they do is is uh, in 2019, a sitcom, everybody has to be super attractive. Cheers uh, would not have worked because they would have had a bunch of... Uh, no, because when you saw Carla, played by Rhea Perlman, you were like, I know who th- I've yeah. interacted with waitresses like that. You know, They've been waitresses their whole life. They've seen it all. They're tired yeah. of it all. And they've got, you know, sass to spare yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, hiring Kat, uh, whatever her name is. Or oh, yeah. Two broke girls. Right. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, these two beautiful women. Yeah. And like Norm, right? You know, you yeah. Know, Norm was just uh, an average looking loser. Yeah. And nowadays it's like, oh, well, if Chris Pratt played the schlub. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, guess what? He lost 20 pounds and now he's a fucking hunk. <laughs> Anyway, he might have read this book that I'm reading uh, because he went from schlub to hunk, from <laughs> lunk to hunk. Uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Tom. Yes. Uh, we did the first part last week, mm-hmm. uh, which was more of an introduction, but can you catch us up to speed on, on what we covered? <laughs> I have no... You made me take a test. Yeah, and what was that about? Uh, the test was... Part see- one was Paradigms and Principles. The, the the test was to see how effective I am and my score of my overall. So the, the range was highly effective, 85 and above, mostly effective, 65 to 84, less effective, 64 and below. And my score is 43. Yeah, you're not very effective, Tom. No. Uh, I mean, uh, by this, according to this test, uh, they should put me down. Yeah. Franklin Covey, Inc. <laughs> It was going to dispatch a team <laughs> to put me to sleep. Uh, yeah, and uh, this is one of those things. Uh, we covered this. Uh, Stephen Covey wrote the book, but then he had like nine kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think uh, he he died about 10 years ago, I think. I think his kids have taken over and like, all right, now we're going to make this an empire. Yeah. Like Franklin Covey, Inc. Why is it named after his son? Oh, that's his son? I think. Does he talk about his son? Does he talk about his son in like a goofus and gallant-esque way? Yeah, actually. And uh, <laughs> oh, no. we can get to that. Well, good for good for his son taking it over and then being like, I'll show you, Dad. Uh, his, I don't know, maybe not. His, ki- his kids are Cynthia, Maria, Stephen, Sean, David, Catherine, Colleen, Jenny, and Joshua. <laughs> that's... Wait a minute. How many kids? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, a lot of Mormons. Oh, Wait until right. you see how many wives he had. <laughs> Man, I fell down a Mormon rabbit hole the other day. Really? And I will say this. They're good at what they do. They're, yeah. And and many good people uh, are are. are or of the Mormon faith. Yeah. No, I fell down a rabbit hole because um, I I saw somewhere just incidentally how you can't go in a temple unless you have your, uh, like, a, I think it's called like a recommend. And I was like, wait, what? Someone has to vouch for you? Yeah, basically. Not even vouch. You have to, like, take a test and you have to learn the secret uh, handshake and everything. So they're like, eh, that way you won't... Uh, spill the beans on the polygamy no inside it's nice it just looks like a nice like hotel lobby well why wouldn't you just go to a hotel lobby because there's not just you know mormons in there 
In this hotel lobby, you're assured it's all Mormons. <sighs> they look nice. I like hotel lobbies. I like secret handshakes. The handshake I was if you underwhelmed ever need to poop by. in New York, head into a hotel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or Tell anywhere. the concierge, hey, I need to poop. Yeah. I'm a guest. I'm a guest. <laughs> but I can't go to my room. <laughs> the secret handshake does not involve secret movements. It's all uh, like call and response. Go on. So you have to do the secret handshake to go into the temple. Uh-huh. And the secret- What's in the temple that's such a goddamn secret? It's very nice. It's just like a very nice church, basically. So what? Uh, aren't churches supposed to be open and welcoming? Well, that's- Not exclusive? Pe- people say that, and then they have a response to it, which I forget what it is. You can visit- it's like, go to one of those fucking religious <laughs> yeah, churches. exactly. That- uh, you can go- so the churches have to be built or the temples have to be built by like certified Mormons, Mormons who have been recommended. Um, that might not be the right word. It's something along those lines. Okay. Uh, but before the, the temples like blessed, uh-huh. uh, you can take a tour. They like do tours yeah, for the they community. Do a tour of the Scientology Center, but you don't get to see the good shit. No, when this, a you get to see pay I, their money. I think you get to see everything because they're like, yeah, none of this has been blessed yet. It's just you know like a building. But then once we bless it, nah, you gotta be recommended. But uh, uh, the secret undercover video I saw with the secret handshake, they do the handshake through a sheet. Ah. Uh, and it's more just that the person's asking you questions that are, you know, like uh, scripted and you have to have the scripted answers. I mean, I think even to get to that point, they, you know, they would be like, hey, who are you? Uh, Tom. I'm so, Tom. So I don't. Oh, you have to like show your papers. You get like a like this a. This sounds like a, the least welcoming church. <laughs> I don't, Show us your papers. I don't think they necessarily claim to be welcoming. Really? I think that they're like, yeah, if you want to be one of us, sure, we're welcoming as heck. But uh, I'll say heck. Is there yeah, but but if you don't, churches. Uh, there was also a video, uh, a channel I watched online. I think it was somebody who lived in like Salt Lake City. They had like a ring doorbell, and it was all just like videos of uh, what the the uh, the people were talking about before they would answer the door. Go on. And like, so one was just like, it's all like teenagers that they make go out and you know try and oh, recruit do them. people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were comparing pickup lines, but all the pickup lines were like super cheesy G-rated pickup lines. <laughs> like what? You're pretty. Would you like to go out on a date with me? <laughs> yeah, more, not even that. That was like too forward. Uh, yeah. Okay, so what did you learn last time? About the Mormons? No, about the oh, book. Oh, that I'm horrible and ineffective. Okay, cool. Well, do you want to become more effective? Yeah, Tim, that's why I'm learning the secret handshake and everything. Yeah, well, don't focus on the Mormonism, Tub. Why not? That's a very small part of it. I think he uses the tenets of, of Mormonism, but I wouldn't know because they don't let me in there. Well, a lot of the, the tenets of Mormonism are based on the Masonic temple uh, rituals. Yeah. Which, again, very effective people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Highly effective people. Running the world secretly. All right, Tom. Uh, since you don't remember at all what we talked about last week because you were pretty drunk and uh, just looking at magic eye art. <laughs> so I'll be honest, I'm pretty drunk now, too. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go into uh, the first three habits. All right. Tom, there's seven habits. We're knocking off almost half of them. Picking your nose. Okay. Biting your nails. Uh-huh. And smoking. Smoking, yes. Uh, first one's private victory. Tom... A habit you should have or not no, have? No, no, no. This is this is the first three habits oh, that okay. you have, that right. you should have, that you don't have. <laughs> right. Uh, Private victory is a euphemism for jerking off? No. It's about bettering yourself. <laughs> All right. Uh, number one, habit one is be proactive. Okay. N- uh, habit two is begin with the end in mind. We talked about this. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. But the the these are the, this makes up the bulk of the book. They go into and number three, habit three is put first things first. So in the interest of putting first things first, <laughs> let's start with habit one. <laughs> okay. Be proactive. Now, Tom, you were given on that test. Yeah. A score. I have it this week. Yes, a score for uh your the first habit. Yes. Uh, be proactive. How did you score on that portion? Of so the that I scored the same as my overall score of forty three. Forty three out of one hundred. Oh, it's out of a hundred. Yeah. Oh. What did you think? It was <laughs> I thought it was 50? out of eighty five. Oh. No, no, it's out of a hundred. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're you're in bad shape here, but that's okay, Tom, because you're willing. I can tell you're willing to learn. <laughs> you're willing to change things, Tom. Number one, be proactive. He puts it in computer terms for people like you. Boop, 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 boop. That's a modem. Yeah. You remember last week when we were talking about paradigms and the way that you see the world? Yeah. And the way that uh, you can either be like, things happen to me. Or I make things happen. Or I make things happen. Or I happen to other people. Yeah, in the in the terms of computers is I write the program. Tom, mm, you like don't have to Neo in the Matrix. Yeah. All you can do, uh all you can control mm-hmm. is not the external factors, not your nagging wife. <laughs> your kids Tim, that I've are told always you to stop criticizing my wife on this show. Listen. I have a lot more history with your wife than than you do, and I can say whatever I want. She's very close to the end, and I'd appreciate you not. We've been, look, man, she and I have been through a lot. I know that's not your experience with her, but. uh, She's been close to the end for a while now, so. I know. What what is that about? I don't know. I'm trying everything. I was under the impression you picked her up with the understanding that she was, you know. Really close. Yeah, you're telling and how me. How long has it been? Two, three years. It's been about three years now. Three yeah, years. Yeah, and she keeps ringing, ringing that dumb bell you gave her. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I thought yeah. it'd be pretty funny. I thought you'd uh, rest control of that bell by now. I. She's got a uh, these talents. She's that tenacious. She, yeah. yeah. Um. So Tom, there's there. There's a lot of stuff that you can do to be more proactive. Uh, number one, what does being responsible mean to you? I don't know, what man. does responsibility mean, Tom? <laughs> don't talk to me like this. <laughs> You're not my dad. <laughs> what does responsibility mean? Uh, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. And if and if you if if there's something you can affect that will help other people or, or prevent other people from being hurt, then you've got a duty to do it. My friend, it's simpler than that. In each one of us, there is a response uh-huh. ability. And it's your choice how you respond to things. It's You have an ability to respond to external factors and frame them in the way that you want to frame them and take charge of your life, Tom. That's a mumbo jumbo. Tom, there's some reactive language and there's proactive language. This is very uh, Scientology. Reactive <laughs> language thing. This you'll probably recognize this uh, things that you say 70, 80 times a day, Tom. <laughs> Uh-huh. There's nothing I can do. Well, you're a doctor, and you often say to to yeah, next of kid, grieving families, there's nothing more we can do. Nothing more I can do. That's just the way I am. That's what you say to like. People That's what I like, say. Stop usually... riding your motorcycle in the rain. <laughs> no, usually right after I've told a family there's nothing more I can do, I then say that's just the way I am. <laughs> Refusing to save your loved one. Uh, not he... refusing, just not good enough, not well enough trained. He makes me so mad. They won't allow that. (laughs) (laughs) They won't allow that. That's what I'm always saying to my wife. I have to do that. I can't. I must. If only. Tom, 
That's fucking loser language right there. I don't say any of these. I don't talk to people during the day. Yeah, you could be like, uh, if I was like, uh, you should do this, and you're like, ah, I have to go do this thing. I don't I do I have that. to go to Long Island today. I don't, <laughs> I don't say that to you. <laughs> let's, let's look at some proactive language, Tom. All right. I can choose a different approach. I control my own feelings. That I do say that to you. I say that to you a lot. Yeah, when I try to <laughs> trick you into crying. I control my own feelings. But, you know, unfortunately, usually I'm saying it while crying, so it doesn't really ring true. Uh, I choose. I prefer. I will. Tom, try using language like that for a change. Now- you- fucking push over <laughs> what now tim if we were at like a restaurant or something and i said anything along these lines holy moly you would drag me yeah because you goal. would say it with the wrong attitude if i said something if a handsome person said it i'd be on their side <laughs> be like, look at this handsome man taking charge if we were like having dinner together and they were like, uh, sorry, sir, your your steak fell on the floor. And I was like, well, I prefer one that didn't fall on the floor. He'd be like, I can't believe you're such an <laughs> asshole. Why would you say that to him? You're such a piece of shit. You, Tom, think, you think you're better than him? Eat the steak that fell on the floor. Can I tell you what a weirdo this guy is? All I'm right. gonna and, and I'm going to do another one of these, but uh, later. And bear with me. Okay. Uh this is an excerpt from the book, and this is about that that proactive versus reactive language. Mm-hmm. One time, a student asked me, "Will you will you excuse me from class? I have to go on a tennis trip." You have to go, <laughs> or you choose to go. I asked. Yeah, who gives a shit? I'm I'm going to go. I really have to. He exclaimed. I said, "What will happen if you don't?" What kind of teacher is this guy? I don't know, like life skills or some shit. Well, they'll kick me off the team. Yeah, so I have to. I said, how would you like that consequence? He said, I wouldn't. Jesus, the bus is leaving, pal. I said, in (laughs) other words, words, you choose to go because you would want the consequence of staying on the team. What will happen if you miss my class? I don't know, he said. Think hard, I said. What do you think would be the natural consequence of not coming to class? I don't know, probably nothing. You wouldn't kick me out, would you? He said. (laughs) I said, that would be a social consequence. That would be artificial. If you don't participate on the tennis team, you don't play. That's natural. But if you don't come to class, what would be the natural consequence? He replied, I guess I'll miss the learning. (laughs) that's right i said so you have to weigh that consequence against the other consequence and make make a choice i know if it were me i'd choose to go on the tennis trip but never say you have to do anything i choose to go on the tennis trip he meekly replied and miss my class I replied in mock disbelief. Oh, come on. Could you imagine having a fucking professor that's such a goddamn blowhard? Yeah. They have that five-minute fucking conversation. Yeah, and meanwhile, nobody else is learning shit. Yeah. Because this dumb argument's going on. Yeah, and uh. it's just like, uh Can you imagine somebody... Anyway, it's, 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 a good, it's a good use of proactive. Like, if you went, I'm... Uh, I'm just letting you know I'm missing class because I'm choosing to go on a tennis trip. Yeah. That, like, invites so many fucking follow-up questions. Yeah, because that just sounds like you're being an asshole. Like, I'm choosing over... No, it's shorthand for, like, it's a thing that, like, I really kind of have to... Like, I I have to do... I don't have to. They're not going to murder me if I don't, but it's it's a thing that I need to do. Do they have a chapter about, uh... Can I go to the bathroom? I think you mean maybe you go to the bathroom. Oh, you can. Uh, I hope you can. Well... And that, when teachers would do that thing, it was like, I'm not, I'm not asking, can I piss? I'm asking, can I go to the bathroom? Am I allowed to go to the bathroom? Once I get to the bathroom, what happens in there is between me and me. And the turlet. And the, and the janitor that has to come clean it up later. <laughs> Look, if you want to know what happened the afterwards. J- the uh, janitor is going to clean it up and then blow his fucking brains out. 
Is there a blows brains out or uh, never mind? <laughs> <laughs> so you scored what a forty three on the proactive? Yeah, forty three. Uh, here are some application suggestions for habit number one: be proactive for a full day. Tom, listen to your language and to the language of the people around you, like me. <laughs> How often do you use and hear r- reactive phrases like uh, "if only I can't" and "I have to"? Not a lot from me. Probably a lot from you. Tom. I don't say any of those things. Like I said, I don't talk during the day. Tom, number two, identify an experience you might encounter in the near future. Maybe we could do this now. Where based on your past experience, you would probably behave reactively. So I'm like imagining like a situation where I like I'd strangle somebody. No, no, where you'd what? be like, no, that's okay. Oh, I'm but me. but I but in the future, your classic I'll cuck str- behavior. I'll Tom. strangle them. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, one example would be, like, when a man comes over and is like, I'm going to have sex with your wife. Yeah, what are you going to say to him now? All right. Yeah, what are you going to say to him now? I guess I'll watch. You know what? I choose to watch. I choose not to watch this time. Oh. I'll cry in private. Thank you. I'm not going to let you have the satisfaction. I'm in control of my feelings. (laughs) Uh, Tom, select a problem from your work or personal life that is frustrating to you. Determine whether it is a direct, indirect, or no control problem. That's that's a whole thing that I didn't want to get into. (laughs) There's a lot of vocabulary in this. You could skip that step. Just try to use uh, more proactive language, Tom. I choose to. All right. Number two. Habit number two. I have to. (laughs) Begin with the end in mind. Tom, this one gets a little spooky. I was going to say, who wrote uh, this chapter? Uh, 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 Morrison? Jim Morrison or Morrissey? (laughs) Jim Morrison? (laughs) His name was Ed Morrison for a second. (laughs) You know, the famous singer of the Doors, Ed Morrison. Uh, Who wrote this chapter, Ed Morrison? (laughs) Tom. Begin with the end. Now, the, the end only in end in mind. Tom, here's the end that he's alluding to. Do you know what my score with this particular one was? What? 35. Jesus Christ. It's like brain dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, here you go. Um, <clears throat> Picture yourself going to a funeral. All right. Enemy or friend? You'll see. <laughs> it's your funeral. What? So I'm in the casket? You're in the casket. You so are why mugged. do I have to go there? And guess what? Okay. Guess when this uh, funeral is taking place? Tomorrow. No, three years from now. Okay. You find out there will be four speakers at the funeral. Mm-hmm. One from your family. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of your friends. Okay. Someone from work. All right. And somebody from either your church or community service organization. (laughs) All right. No no celebs? Well, you know, here's the thing. Who are each of these people? (laughs) One celebrity. (laughs) Living or dead? Uh yeah, and uh, one of the uh, one of the Marx brothers. <laughs> I uh, want it to be Harpo. I'm just going honk honk. So, what what this exercise has you do is uh, who from each of those groups would be speaking, and what would they say about you? Hmm. And this is three years from now. So you have time to turn things around, you see. <laughs> right. And so on the friend situation, if you're just like no celebs here, maybe part of the part of the the roadmap that yeah, you're going to become you, a friend with a celebrity. Exactly. Or you know, if you want Rhea Perlman to to speak at your funeral, Tom. Well, I guess you got three moves. years. Yeah. And who knows when Rhea's going to die? You might have less than 3 years. <laughs> well, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it might not be that I have less than three years. It might be, yeah, that I'm barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. I got to get a celeb in their prime. Um. So anyway, uh, that exercise is to think long term, but not too long term, about uh, 
what what kind of person you want to be, yeah. right? The way that others perceive you. Right now, here's the thing. For work, you don't talk to anybody. Like you don't have coworkers. <laughs> you you're a you're an, you're a writer. Yeah. I think I would have to be the the work guy cause yeah. this because of this. Yeah, you're the only person I work with that knows me. Yeah, what would you want me to say about you? I'd rather you keep it brief. Yeah. I mean, if you start going on and on, you're going to start saying bad things. Well. <laughs> you're going to do one of those. Uh, one of those. Not th- what would I actually say? What would you want me to say? No, I'm just thinking you would do one of those like funeral speeches where it would start with like, well, we all know Tom had his problems. <laughs> Uh, what would I want you to say? I'd want you to just be like st- trying to pull my body out of the casket. Like, no, no. <laughs> That's what you were about all four speakers. Yeah, all four. Like, by, the, by the fourth one, like my head's come off. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want? Some your friends and family to rip your head off your Not your rip it off, it's just casket. like I've been jostled too much. And yeah. I died in like very tragic circumstances. <laughs> it was a closed casket. Oh, man. They opened the casket. We, we all opened the casket. And, and, yeah, it's just and, a charred corpse. Uh, basically, that is and to... You get you get done. You You know, they finally pull you away. And then the celebrity comes up and he goes... Well, uh, Tom has a lot of things to a lot oh, of people. Oh, wow. Uh, I can't believe he's gone. And then he- Jack and, Benny speaking <laughs> at your your funeral. And then he just, and then Barack Obama's trying, uh, don't leave us, Tom. Uh, don't leave us. And then that's when my head comes out. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, so you use that, and then you, you figure out like a- Okay, this is how I want to be. You take stock of where you are. You make a list of all the roles you are uh, in your life. If you're uh, uh, a spouse to someone, a father to someone, friend to someone, coworker, all this stuff, and you uh, you write down like what's important, how you want to be re- perceived in all of these roles, and then you you help make it a reality. All right. Uh, there's charts. There's so many appendices to Nautical this book. charts or No, just a bunch of charts and I think they reprint them a bunch of times in this book. Uh there's seven application suggestions at the end. Uh again, it's a lot of stuff like identify a project you will be facing in the near future and apply the principle of mental creation. Write down the results you desire and what steps will lead to those results. Um a lot of this yeah, seems like, like homework. Planning. Yeah, most of this book is just planning. All right, so in computer terms, Tom, uh-huh. <laughs> habit one says you are the programmer. Uh, step two, I mean, habit two is uh, write the code. Mm. And that's what you're doing. You're, uh, you're, you're, you're figuring out the program. You're hacking the mainframe. You're hacking the mainframe. See, now you get it, Tom. It's mainframe, not mainframe. <laughs> it's not mainframe? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why would they say mainframe? Mainframe rhymes. Yeah. I thought That's it was a rhyming thing. Look, Tim, nerds, they don't know about rhyming and mm. music. All right. So now you know, Tom, mm-hmm. that, you, that you can determine things. And you know that you've written out a plan how you want to be. Right. Habit three, put first things first. That's implementing it. This is running the fucking program, Tom. This I got a 38 on. All right. Well, guess what? You got to do uh, the, you got to figure out your, your first and second habits first before you can move on to this part. Uh, but it's essentially prioritizing all the things in your life. Right. There's quadrants, Tom. There's four quadrants. Picture this. Okay. There's a scale of importance, and there's a scale of urgency. Okay. You've motion. You've uh, symbolized with your hands that uh, what was the first one? Importance. Importance is uh, the the y axis. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and urgency is the x axis. Right. Of the scale. So the top left is going to be. High importance, 
high urgency. Yeah. That's quadrant one. Right. Those are emergencies. Those are things that need to be dealt with now. My foot's on fire. Your foot's on fire. Uh, I mean, the example he gives is like, the phone is ringing. Like, uh, well, th- yeah, because he wasn't around when all these spam calls started yeah, exactly. happening. Uh, when my phone's ringing, that is literally the least <laughs> urgent thing in the world. It's urgent for me to just like press the button on yeah, the Yeah, to get side. it to stop yeah. doing it. Uh, quadrant two is less urgent, mm-hmm. but very important. Like eating right. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, uh, I could have written this Maintaining book. your health. Uh, things like uh, uh, building relationships with people at work and your friendships, yeah, right? Real important. Well, it is. If you, I mean, I guess not for <laughs> someone like you. Uh, yeah, I got a 38 on this. <laughs> uh, the bottom right is not urgent, uh-huh. uh, but important. Nope, the other way around. Not important, but urgent. Like pooping. No, that's 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 quadrant one. Man. Yeah, that was a test. Yeah, no, quadrant three is this where it's like you're you're wasting your time on ticky tack bullshit, the stuff that's like the spam calls, and it's you being like, ah, I gotta, oh, I gotta answer, yeah, I gotta figure out a way to, you know, like just stupid things. Yeah. Quadrant four is where I think you spend most of your life. Not important <laughs> and not urgent. It's video <laughs> games. It's passive entertainment. It's pissing your life away on social <laughs> media. Uh huh. Uh, <laughs> quadrant one, you got to deal with. Yeah. That's uh, important. You can't ignore it. Quadrant three, it's not important, mm-hmm. but it's urgent, in right. quotes. Yeah. Guess what? That shit, too. Cut all that out of your yeah, life. Yeah, it's quadrant two is the important stuff, Quadrant right? two is the important stuff. Not urgent, but important. And that's the stuff that is so often neglected yeah. because there are a lot of quadrant one people Mm-hmm. That they're they're dealing with shit, and they're dealing with shit for like eighty or ninety percent of their day because they're like, ah, oh, I got to put out all these fires, yeah. And then they retreat to quadrant four for the rest of their day, right? Where it's just like, I need a break from this. Yeah, I need a goddamn drink. Now here's the thing: if you focus on quadrant two, uh huh, the fires that you need to put out in quadrant one don't happen. Will eventually peter off yeah. right if you're taking care of things using your proactivity mm-hmm. so uh stay in quadrant two tom uh identify a quadrant two activity you know has been uh neglected in your life mm. okay what is that i mean i did that recently i i finally booked a, a plane to these shows we're doing in london oh yeah like, that was a thing that it was like, well, if I wait much longer, it will get urgent. Mm-hmm. And this is important. I have to go. People have bought tickets. I have a bad habit of keeping uh, Quadrant 2 hanging on to those until they become Quadrant 1. Yeah. Oh, me too. I mean, I think that's probably the case for most people. Yeah. Um, And it's all about just... Because you're like, oh, I got more time. You always think you got more time than you do. Yeah. Uh, Tom? And then all of a sudden, Barack Obama's giving your eulogy. Yeah, it's shaking you to try to, to try to and wake your, you and up. Your head pops like, off, Barack and he doesn't Obama. deserve that. Yeah, you have a, you. I think you have a good concept of alive and dead. You're a very smart man. Yeah, but he probably also knows some secrets where he's like, "Get him the serum." Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah. It's a good man, uh, Tom. You know the one. And basically, it's it's prioritizing quadrant two, and he has a whole system of. Uh, mapping out your week don't schedule day by day mm-hmm. think about your week and remember those roles we were talking about in uh in habit two husband father yeah. co-worker friend every week you write down those roles and then the things you want it's to like accomplish. this week i'm gonna be a father yeah i'm gonna feed my child right next week I'm going to be a good coworker. No, no, no. You're doing all the things. What? Every oh, week. that's And there are tasks much. associated with each, and you prioritize. But you only have to do it once a week. So, like, dump out all the food for the kid. At one point, one of oh, my sons man. was deeply into scheduling and efficiency. What a nerd. One day, he had a very tight the, schedule. I beat the hell out of him for being such a nerd. <laughs> no, no. This is the system. That, it was uh, urgent. That, <laughs> it was urgent uh, and important. One day, he had a very tight schedule, which included 
down-to-the-minute time allocations for every activity, including picking up some books, washing his car, and, quote, dropping Carol, his girlfriend, among other things. Dropping? Oh, getting breaking up with her? Yeah. Uh, everything went according to schedule until it came <laughs> to I got, Carol. I gotta have a clean car before I drop her. They had been dating for a long period of time, and he had finally come to the conclusion that a continued relationship would not work out. So congruent to his efficiency model, he had scheduled a 10 to 15 minute telephone call to tell her. This guy's raising fucking sociopaths. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, sorry, Carol, I'm out of time. Have a nice life. Uh, Tom, another time. Uh, the the family put their family... Wait, what, was, what was the term? What, what did he say was why they didn't work out? <laughs> he had come to the conclusion, conclusion that a continued relationship would not work out. Oh, okay. That doesn't sound as harsh, but no. I still like to imagine him saying, uh, my father and I have come to the conclusion. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I have a schedule to wash my car. <laughs> uh, in the in the second in the second habit, another thing you do is is create a personal a personal mission statement. Right. And it's like what everything emanates from all the things that you think is it's like this is the life i want to lead it, it's described as your constitution of like uh, every mm. decision you make has to has to match your personal mission statement so if it's like i want to be an empathetic helpful person who blah 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 and uh, you're supposed to like spend like hours and days on this yeah this is like like batman has one of these yeah like i will not kill that's it yeah, that's pretty much it. Where it's like, I'll that, that'll I'll, be part of my personal. I'll mission. beat a man into you know being brain damaged, sure, and <laughs> can't walk again. But I will not kill. So his family had a family mission statement because you're supposed to do this in all aspects of your life too. Um, and they were doling out chores. And uh, no, I thought it was going to be like to you know like take over another family, defeat another family. <laughs> no, this was just. Uh, and, and the seven-year-old is like, oh, I'll be the one who maintains the yard. You don't want a seven-year-old maintaining the yard. They're not going to do it right. Well, he brought his son outside and said, look, son, see how our neighbor's yard is green and clean? Yeah. That's what we're after, green and clean. Now come look at our yard. See the mixed colors? That's not it. That's not green. Green and clean is what we want. Now, how do you get green is up to you. You're, you're, fi- you're free to do it any way you want, except paint it. But I'll tell you how I'd do it if it were up to me. Eat the dead grass. Now, you turn on sprinklers. Uh. You, but you may want to use buckets or a hose. It makes no difference to me. All we care about is the color is green, okay? Okay. Now, let's talk about clean, son. Clean means no messes around, no paper, strings, bones, sticks, <laughs> or anything that messes up the place. Yard. I'll tell you what uh, What let's do. Let's clean up half the yard right now and look at the difference. So we got two paper sacks and picked up one side of the yard. Now look at this side. Look at the other side. See the difference? That's called clean. Wait, he called. I see some paper behind that bush. Oh, great. I didn't notice that paper. How fucking messy was their yard that the two of them went up and picked garbage <laughs> up for, for yeah, a Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's given uh, the kid an uh, insurmountable, insurmountable task of like, well, our neighbors have a beautiful yard and uh, we've our yard's full of bones and garbage. Yeah, so long story short, the kid, uh, he thinks he's instilling a responsibility in the kid, and the kid just neglects it. Instead of screaming at the kid, which he wanted to do, he, he basically said, like, hey, uh, this You can't is, live you, here anymore. You, no, you can't live your life. like Whatever. He calmed the kid down. The kid started doing it. But then he said uh, he only uh, he took care of that yard. He kept it greener and cleaner than it had ever been under my stewardship. He even reprimanded his brothers and sisters if they left so much as a gum wrapper on the lawn. What the fuck were they treating their lawn? Were they just throwing garbage on the ground? Yeah, that's insane. What's if, going on in fucking Utah, man? If I if I put garbage on my lawn as a kid, my parents would just be like, "What's wrong with you? Yeah, Don't do that." So like, and he was just like, "So much as a gum wrapper." Like everybody puts gum wrappers on their lawn. Yeah, no, don't do that. 
Yeah. Maybe the, spitting gum on the lawn. Sure. Yeah, but that's for the birds and the worms. Yeah, they love it. Yeah. It helps feed them. Yeah, they need it. All right, Tom. Uh, those are the first three habits. Uh, hopefully, you can work on those. No, those habits all, they sound like they suck. I'm going to say a D student. <laughs> Tom, I'll tell you what. You're, first of all, you're an F student. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm more like an F minus student. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm like a, well, you you sign your name on the bay. I guess that counts for something. There's something about the repetition and, and the amount of vocabulary in here and everything. Like, I'm, look, I'm clowning on this book to look cool in front of you. <laughs> I won't read it on the subway because I'm embarrassed. Well, you're, I don't try, want... you're trying to, uh, you probably have it in your calendar to impress your coworker, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, like, I won't read it on the subway because I'm afraid people will, like, judge me for reading a yeah. self-help book. But I'm reading this thing and I'm just like, that's why I won't read that. Uh, this is making my life better. This, but are this you book following is changing it? me. Yeah. In what ways? Maybe we should save that for next time. Yeah, I would say the the be proactive habit. Uh, reading that, uh, I read it on Sunday night. Mm. And I went to work Monday. And, <laughs> and I went to work Monday. <laughs> <laughs> which is more than I've done in months, to be honest. No, I was a fucking dynamo. And... Uh, Telling you, I got. I, I still have some exercises left to. Do. I'm look. I'm fully doing all the things. When he's right. like fill out these charts and stuff, I'm doing all that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna give old Covey a a fighting chance to to change Timmy's ways. Well, the man's dead, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, but his kids will come after me. They'll be like, "Ooh, what are you throwing the gum wrapper around for, Tim?" <laughs> well, don't do that for fucking punch me until oblivion. <laughs> right. Well, uh, thank you for being a patron. And uh, next week, we'll hear more about uh, how Tim's enacting all these plans. Tom, guess what? Next next, next week is all the public-facing stuff. This, this week was all working on, <laughs> on you. I think uh, next week is like, work on other people now. Like, uh, yell at other people for throwing <laughs> trash yeah, yeah. on the ground or You'll something. You'll like that part. Yeah. You will, too. Uh, maybe it maybe it involves well, uh, being a dick me. to wait staff, Tom. <laughs> well, that's not something uh, I like doing. Do you doing. hate service employees? That's the fifth habit. No. Tom's like, yes, I'll buy ten copies of this no, book. No, because I want my chicken spit on. Yeah, that's the only reason. Because you're only no, looking out for yourself. Reason. You don't think other people have fucking any value. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Very tired. Good night. Check out those.